every life has a story. And every story is worth sharing. Your story, my story, and our story speak of victory and defeat, joy and sorrow, resilience and vulnerability. They are not just our story. They are Christ's story in us. They are Kingdom Stories from Down Under. I've known of Wayne Hollett uh, for quite a number of years, and I've always had the heart and the desire to meet him. His sister Corinne worked with me, uh, and um, she inspired me a lot, and she supported me a lot, and we had a wonderful time, and she always mentioned her brother. Um, I've had a lot of um, great ministry uh, results from his ministry, and uh, eventually we did meet, not at the most pleasant event, but nevertheless important. Uh, when we said goodbye to his mum as we celebrated her life just a few days after the celebration of the passing of his father as well. Um, we connected in the car park afterwards and uh, since then we started chatting. There was a strong chemistry there immediately and I couldn't wait mm. to find out more about Wayne. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, it's an absolute privilege for me to welcome and present to you Pastor Wayne Hollett. Welcome, Wayne. Thank you, Nathaniel. Thank you for that introduction. Yes, that's... That's how we met. <laughs> that's how we met, yeah. in the, in the car park. In the car park, yes. But I had heard of you and you had heard of me. Yeah. Through Corrine yeah. as well. She had told she me. She is <laughs> an absolute gem, isn't she? She is. Yeah, she is. You can't fault her. Yeah. So well, I probably blessed. can because I grew up with her. No, you can. <laughs> I'm going to get her in the hot seat. I actually tried to get her a few times, and she initially she said next year, and then eventually she backed off. <laughs> uh, but I will persist. Keep persisting. I want to grab yeah. her story. Mm. Yeah, it's good. So your story began here in Perth. Are you WA boys and girl? Yes, born and bred in Western Australia. Yes, in one of Northern the towns. Uh, no, no, I was born in, um, well, the hospital I was born in was Mount Lawley, grew up in Bedford. Oh, nice. Yeah. So lived lived in Bedford all my life till I got married. Yes. Uh, to my beautiful wife, Julie. Yeah, met her. In, in 1984. And um, then that was when I left home. So I lived at home with my parents. And my siblings Beautiful parents. until until I got married. How many siblings? So uh, I know Corinne. Three. Okay. Yeah, an older sister. Yes. And a younger brother. So I'm number two. Corinne's number three. I um, saw your brother at the funeral. Yes. Uh, I don't recall your sister. She could have been there. She was not there because oh, she, she lives on the east coast okay. and is unable to travel because of health reasons. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And uh, what's your sort of earliest memory of childhood? Four, five, three? Um, I think being in kindergarten, probably. Yes. Something some particular? It's, uh, it's a very random thing because I remember being in kindergarten and it was um, around Easter time and there was an Easter egg hunt. Yes. And I remember... We were trying to find the Easter bunny, mm -hmm. and uh, there was a crack in the window, which had supposedly been caused by the Easter bunny on their way out. For some mm -hmm. reason, that sticks in my mind. I was 
That's very interesting. That's just so <laughs> random. It's funny. So it's cute. It's cute. So, um, so, did you grow up in the faith? Your parents uh, were Christians. Yeah. Look, uh, my I was. Uh, my parents took us all. We grew up in Bedford Baptist Church. Okay. So, um, and uh, there was a new building that was opened not long before my birth. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, that was the that was the church building that I was that we all grew up in and was yep. very familiar with with the church hall and that's that's the deal that we were used to. Yeah. Nice. Hmm. Yeah. So I went along to Sunday school. Monday yeah, school. we went we went um, Sunday mornings. Yeah. Um, and then as we got older, we went Sunday nights as well. The church, so it's for, church is very much part of our lives. God was very much part of our lives, and we did Sunday school, we did Christian Endeavor, we did youth group, we did boys brigades, girls brigades. Um, I played on the church basketball team. Wow! So it was all of those, all of those things, all the way through. Yeah, nice. Mm. Did you learn any instruments? I play. did, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I did. I'm not sure why you're asking me that. Because Corinne plays as she sings. She's <laughs> a worship leader, a music teacher. So, so uh, yeah, look, I had p- piano lessons as a kid. Yeah. Uh, uh, but then they stopped because I stopped practicing. Yeah. So my mum was like, there's no point paying for you to have lessons because you're not practicing. And then when I was in uh, grade five at school, I began to learn the flute. And I played the flute from then on until I left school in year 10. Wow. Hmm. It's, it's unusual for a boy to play flute, isn't it? Or not now, so? Now, now that you mention it, uh, I think I was the... Exception. I was the only boy that played flute in the school concert band. Yeah. I'm just racking my brains. The others, I think, were all girls. Yeah. But, yes. That's so because the men are usually very good at it. So, playing the flute. Are you yeah. a flute player? No, no, no. Well? no. I was a brass player, so I played right. the trumpet. Okay. Yeah. But, yeah. So I was in a band as well. I loved it. Yeah. Just the mateship, and I played into my late thirties. Right. Various bands. So hmm. Just loved the brass. Yeah. I think there's something special that you learn in both playing an instrument in a school concert band, like yeah. I did. You got to turn up. You got to do your practice. You yeah. learn. You play your part. Uh, you're not the whole thing. Yeah. You're just playing a part of the music. Yeah. Um, and the same with team sports. You learn that you aren't everything, but you're important and you need to play your role. Yeah. And so that lends itself a lot of things into Christian context and just learning relationships and things yeah. of how to do relationships with people that are different to you. Mm. Yeah. How were your teens? Your teen yeah. period? Um, uh, teens were, were they what, sorry? Settled? Were you quite a settled young man or adventurous? I was, I was, uh, that's an interesting question. I would say I was adventurous, but not destructive. Okay. So. More sports or? Sports mainly. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Aussie rules, cricket, soccer? Basketball. Basketball. Primarily. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Played a lot of sports through school. Uh, but one of the rules that my parents had was uh, you don't play sport on Sundays. We go to church on Sundays. Good. 
So it's a, a, a good rule, and it's one that we implemented with our own children right. growing up as well. We could like, hey, that that really is Sunday is sacred, not yeah. just because we're pastors, but it's that time where this is what we do as a fa- this is what we do as a family. Yeah, we go and worship together as a family, Wonderful. and so we never let anything encroach on that. And so mm-hmm. my own sons growing up played basketball and still do. Yes, and I took. One of the the youngest one I took did a lot of training and development. He got he was offered many times and requested many times to join things that would take him on Sunday, and we were just like, "That's not what we do on Sunday." Wow! And he has no regrets. Praise God! That's yeah. powerful. Yeah, it is. Mm. We're also blessed here mm. in WA because there are some Christian leagues in various sports. Yeah, soccer being one of them. Soccer than one of them. Yes, eighteen hundred. Uh, players. Yeah. In fact, wow. I had the chairman mm. of mm. the West Australian uh, Football League uh, here and I interviewed him. Right. Which was mm. just beautiful. Mm. I played, my, I played, I still played, I played this year, I played Masters. Okay. So that's well on Saturdays, which is great. Brilliant. Gives you great inspiration for the next day when you preach. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You really have to, you know, be careful. You have to be. <laughs> and everybody knows you're a pastor, you know. Puts not only your own team, but the other teams. Puts a restraint around you, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. You finished school? I finished, I finished school at year 10. Year 10, yeah. And went to TAFE. Mm-hmm. And the reason I did that was uh, because I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do mm-hmm. um, in terms of going on and doing year 11 and 12. Uh, my other three siblings all went on and did their final years of school. I went left and went to TAFE and I did a, a certificate in computer programming. Right. And that's in uh, mid-80s or, there were, or late 80s? No, mid-80s. No. Early 80s. Uh, yeah, late 70s, early 80s. So they already had computer uh, courses? Yes. Yes. Wow. Yeah, Mount Lolly Technical College. Mm. So mm-hmm. that's fantastic for that era uh, to be. It was, yeah, it wasn't anything like it no. is today. Uh, Just black and white, but big it was, screens. Yes, yes, keyboards, big machine yeah. in a separate room. A lot of fans. A lot of fans, a lot of temperature control, a lot of, yeah, all, yes. Good fun. So, yeah. Very and did you get work in that field or when you graduated? I didn't get work in that field. No, I tried uh, a lot of times to get work in that field. And in the end, I could, I could not. I was either overqualified or underqualified, and it was one of those scenarios, so quite frustrating. So I just went, okay, God, I just need a job. And um, he opened a door for me to work for a hotel supply company. Mm-hmm. I got a job as a storeman yep. uh, with a career path to be a salesman. Nice. Yeah. So I worked for them for three years and a little bit more yep. until I left there and went to theological college. So, hmm. so you actually felt the call of God on your life? Yeah. Did you, were you working with the youth or any doing any ministry in church or yeah. playing in a band or worship? Or? From the age of about 16, I uh, – but perhaps just backtrack a little bit to say that. So 
when I was nine years old, when I gave my life to Christ for the first time. Nice. As I told my congregation, actually just this last Sunday, I said, giving your life to Christ is always the first time, but it's not, it's not an event. No, it's a it's lifelong a, it's process. A start. It's a start. And I keep giving my life to Christ. I keep surrendering yeah. to him. So I was nine. And then I had, I had um, a significant experience with the Lord when I was in my first year of high school. Yeah. Where it was a moment of realisation and I said to myself walking across, and, I, and, and look, this can only be explained by the Holy Spirit, yeah. whereby... I thought, I really need to uh, go one way or the other with this God thing. Either what I've, what I've grown up with and what I've heard and taught in, in Sunday school and all these things is true and I can give my life fully to God or it's not and I need to drop it and go, do, go another direction. And I thought to myself, now let's say this is the work, I believe this is the work of the Holy Spirit, the only way I'm going to know if Christianity is true or not is if I really dive into it head first and give myself fully to it for six months. Yeah. I'm 13. Yeah. Six months is a really long time. Long time. I'm 13. So, I, so I'm like at, at that age, I'm like, okay, this is what I'll do. I'm wholehearted for six months. Yeah. At the end of that, I'll know whether it's right, whether God is real is it, and, uh, or, or not. And I can, if he's not, I can move on with my life and say, well, I gave it everything I had. Yeah. Uh, so uh, this, we're now talking 46 years later. Yeah. So I think the answer is pretty obvious yeah. of what happened with that. Was on it that a journey. good six-month period, <laughs> wasn't it? <laughs> well, it, it was like I didn't want to turn away from that. Yeah. And then when I was 15... Uh, and growing up in a Baptist church, uh, we did hear about the Holy Spirit, but not not a lot. Yeah. And um, there was what we call a charismatic movement going through mainstream churches. Began. In that time, in yeah. the late 70s yeah. and early 80s. And we happened to have some people who came to our church um, through, through a Christian ministry. So I'll just cut to the chase. So I went to visit their church. Yes. I didn't know very much outside Baptist churches. Yes. Went to their church and um, there was a message preached on Ephesians 5.18 about being filled with the Holy Spirit. Mm. Never heard anything like this before and lots of things. And so I went forward to receive prayer and someone prayed for me and I was, in the words of uh, Pentecostal tradition, I was baptised in the Holy Spirit on that night, began speaking in other tongues. Wow. And was completely, I, would, I was completely overwhelmed and immersed in the love of God, which was ruined me for anything less. Yeah. It was so, another level, eh? It was a total another level. Christianity on steroids. So <laughs> I went home very excitedly, telling my parents and... Um, How did they take it? Uh, they really didn't know what to do with it, I would say. Because the first thing, they didn't know very much about They didn't know this. if it was real or not. Or... Well, they'd been taught that um, if there was speaking in tongues, there needed to be an interpreter. So they asked yeah. me if there was an interpreter. I was like, well, it's just me and God. So, And, and then there was other questions and, and people in my church heard that this has happened to me. And... Um, 
And some of them tried to help me by telling me that God didn't do this anymore and that this was the devil, which was confusing to me because yeah. I loved God. Very unhelpful help. I loved God more than I had ever before. Yeah. I had experienced his love way more than I ever had before. Yeah. I wanted to tell people about God way more than I, I wanted to read his word. Yes. So I thought, if this is the devil, he's not doing a very good at his job yeah. <laughs> because this shouldn't be it's happening. It's not taking you away from God, it's throwing you nearer yeah, to him. And wanting more and more of him. Yeah. yeah. So, and from, and then... There was a lot of tension there for you personally as well. Yeah, a lot of things I had to wrestle groups. with at that time. Yeah. Unfortunately, God had positioned someone in my life who was able to help me and disciple me and navigate me. A father, a spiritual father. Yeah, yeah. Right. Hmm. And um, so then shortly after that... They didn't kick you out? No, they didn't kick me out. And I actually... Um, I was, I'm a church member, uh, which they didn't kick out church members, but also I think you see the fruit and things yeah. like that. And so when it came time for the annual elections, and in those days we elected everybody. Okay. We elected deacons, deaconesses, cleaners, youth leaders. Okay. Every year? Every every year. My like, word. What a there's mess. a ballot sheet if you want to get not, – anyway, so, anyway, so that's <laughs> and. What, there was no Bible one, no one, I was, I think I was 16, <laughs> I was uh, 16 or so, yeah, 16. And you made the cut. And it was October. No one was, no one wanted to be the youth leader. I said, I'll do it. They're like, you can't do that, you're too young. You're only 16 because that's where the youth, you're at the bottom end of the group because it's 16s yeah. and over. The others are older than you. Yeah. And you speak in tongues. <laughs> so... So they said, you need someone older to do this with you. So I had a good friend in those days, and he was actually five years older than me. Perfect. So I said, will you help me? So he said, yes. So the two of us got on the ballot together, and we got elected. Great. <laughs> no competition. <laughs> no competition. So when you ask, was I involved in – yeah, so that was my introduction to it. Which was um, fantastic for you because it matured you, didn't it? It, it, it stretched yeah. you hmm. in the, and gave hmm. you a great occupation, a great activity in your youth. Yeah. You had to hmm. be focused, you had to learn, you had to study, you had to care, you had to, mm -hmm. I mean, you grew, you know, in teaching and pastoral and a lot of ministry. A lot of things. In the Bible, really. Yeah. Although you didn't call it that way. Yeah. So one of the things I wanted us to do was to have a Bible study and a prayer meeting. Yeah. For youth, which... Rather than just games. Uh, can't, yes. So I asked one of... A woman who these days if would be considered um, an elder. Yes. But our church didn't have elders. No. And women couldn't be deacons. They had to be deaconesses. Uh, but this lady was a clear spiritual leader in our congregation. And I said, I want to have this Bible study and prayer meeting with youth could... You'd be giving me his help. Yeah. Um, she did. And she did. Wow. Yeah. And we're off and running, and God blessed it and multiple, and we ended up having multiple Bible study groups that grew over the years. So I did appoint leaders Boy, and, and, yeah. So I learned fantastic. a lot of, learned a lot of things, Nathaniel. Yeah. Did you get married before you went to Bible college or after? Before. How yes. did that happen? Where did you meet? 
That was through Baptist camps, actually. Oh, nice. Yes. So um, she is the son of church planting missionaries. The daughter. Yeah, my wife. Okay. Yeah, her parents were church planters. Nice. With uh, Overseas Missionary Fellowship, uh-huh. and they were working in Malaysia and Taiwan. And, and then she grew up in Australia, or she grew up. In, she grew up in Malaysia and Taiwan. Oh, yeah. Wow. And when I met her, she was about seventeen. They'd been back for a couple of years. Yeah. And it was at a Baptist camp. Yeah. And so we began to develop a friendship. Mm-hmm. I actually knew a good friend of hers who had talked her into going to the camp. She didn't want to go to the camp. Yeah. But she finally relented to agree to go with her friend. She's just, I'll just go to this one camp. I'm never, because I don't. I don't do camps. So, and. Um, so she was 17, you were about 18, 19? Yeah. Nice. I'm just a couple of years older than her. So, yeah. Always when good. someone's new, your eyes just pop out, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> well, it was a big camp, and um, I'll be you know, time for confessions. So I'd been involved in leading in these camps uh, in a limited capacity, not the head guy, but just a dorm leader. Um, And I've been going to these camps um, since I was about 13 as a kid, as a camper. Um, My parents had encouraged me to go, told me to go, dropped me off, said, we're not coming back for you to to camps over. Um, And as I'd grown in my teen years, it was a good place to meet girls. Oh, of course. And, uh, uh, and, but this camp I'd gone to and said, I'm not, no girlfriends. I'm not, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not going to this camp to look for a girlfriend. Did you have girlfriends a few before? Or? I, I had short-term yeah. relationships that might have begun and ended these camps because yeah. um, I couldn't sustain it. If you meet a girl on the other side of the city and I didn't have a driver's license and all these kind of things. You know. So I'm like, this one, I, like, I'm just, I'm there. I'm not, got no intention of trying to find a girlfriend. And lo and but behold, she stood out. Yes. Nice. Did you get married in the same church at Bedford Baptist? Uh, no, we got married in North Beach Baptist where her dad was the senior pastor at that time. Oh, wow. That's a yes. beautiful church. So... Uh, uh, they were there. A lot of mm. heritage on both sides. Yeah, a lot of heritage on both sides. It's, it's solid families. Yes. Yes. And mm. uh, then they all encouraged you to go to Bible college. No. Or it was... Uh, it was... I had a sense... So I, I'd had a sense from about the... Probably the age of 18. I'll say 18. That I was going to serve God full time. I didn't know exactly what that was going to look like and whether that was going to be here or in a cross-cultural context overseas. Yep. Um, and so I'd in, I invited some people uh, who I trusted. I actually wrote letters to, to quite a few people and I still have those letters. I wrote to them and said, this is what I'm thinking, but you know me and I would appreciate your input. Do you think this is a wise choice for me? Yeah, and people wrote back to me yeah. and said, "Yes, we think there is a call of God on your life for ministry, and that you should press into that." Mm. So when I met Julie and I drove her home from that camp, I didn't drive her to camp, but I drove her home from that camp, and I knew this is 
where I, my life was going and I was only just getting to know her. I was very attracted to her. She was a beautiful person inside and out. And she was also a pastor's kid and a missionary kid. And the pastor's kids and missionary kids that I had met before did not want to be pastors or missionaries. Yes. So, so with, but I, I knew that there was no, I knew that this relationship would not go anywhere. Yeah. And there was no point continuing to develop it if, if she wasn't going in the same direction as me. Yeah. So very close to arriving at her house, it was, it was about 10 minutes of this 45-minute trip yeah. left. I said, I, I blurted this out. I said, look, I think I'm going to be a pastor. And, I, and if you don't think you, can, you want to Handle go that. in that direction, then we should just like end it. Say thank you, you know, and we'll, yeah. And uh, she seal just seal it with a kiss. <laughs> <laughs> and Daniel, she just calmly looked over at me and, and said, "I'd always thought I'll marry a pastor." Ah, <laughs> I was like, "Thank you, Jesus." So where um, where did you go to Bible college? I went to what is now called well, it's now called Morling College. Okay. So when I went through, it was the Baptist Theological College in of Melbourne. Western Australia. Oh. Here in Perth. Okay. Yeah. And then it became Vose Seminary, and now it's become Morling College Campus Perth. Okay. So Vose was taken over by Morling. Yeah. From Victoria or from, where's Morling? New South Wales. New South Wales. New South Wales. Yes. They merged. Mm -hmm. Yes. Just a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. But when I went through... When I went through, they were mainly training pastors, pastors for pastors. Baptist churches. Yeah. So you had to be 21 to get in. And you were just creeping. I, would, I was underage. Yes. So, but I got an, I got an interview with the, um, the, the person who was the general superintendent of Baptist churches in Western Australia mm. uh, and pled my case for early entrance. He sent me to have a conversation with the principal at the time, which was Noel Votes. Yeah, great guy, great Thank man. You. Both of that, both of them, and um, and they agreed that I should wait and reapply the next year after I'd turned twenty-one. Wow! So I turned twenty-one in June. I got married in August, two months later, uh, and after straight after my twenty-first birthday, I reapplied. For the Baptist College, yes, and just after I'd got married, I got the letter of acceptance that had been accepted on a um, provisional thing because I had not finished high school. Okay, we don't know whether you can do the work. Okay, so we'll let you have come in for a year, subject to your results and you doing those oh. things. Yeah, so. They really made it difficult for you. Were you applying? Yeah. For, were you doing a bachelor's? Were you not a diploma? I was. Oh. Well, at that time, they only offered one sort of qualification. Really, they had just hooked up with um, the Perth College of Divinity in his early days. So it was a degree program through through Murdoch University, mm -hmm. 
but my first year, I was not in that program. I was just in the in-house program doing all the same work and I got credited once I transitioned, transitioned over, once I showed that I could do the work. Deep end, eh? Yeah. So, How did you survive in those first few years? All studies? Uh, married? <laughs> so when I, I'll tell you, uh, the company that I was working for, when I told my general manager, they said, hey, I'm leaving to go to Bible college. And he said, okay, so what's involved in that? They're completely non-Christian man. Yeah. Nice, lovely man, but, and cared about me. Yes. So, and he was, I sat in his office across his desk resigning and letting, thanking him for the years I'd been there. And, and he asked me, he said, so how are you going to pay your bills? I said, to be honest with you, I'm not sure, but I just know that God has said, trust me, I'm going to provide for you. So I'm doing that. Wow. And he said to me, he said, well, okay, you can do that. But if you need help and you want your job back, you can, <laughs> you can <laughs> come back and I'll see what I can do for you. And um, so that was however many years ago that was. 1985 was when I left that job, the beginning of 1985 at Gun College. I never went back. Of course. Uh, and God has been – so God faithfully provided for us, Nathaniel, in lots of amazing ways mm. and teaching us to trust in him in different ways. Julie did get part-time work. Yeah. Uh, she was also studying as well. She was oh, going through same the, place? No, she was going through the uh, uh, West Australian Academy of Performing Arts at that time. Musician? She's a musician. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Her major was violin and her minor was keyboard. Uh, so brilliant musician, brilliant worship leader. That's why your kids are so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> gifted. <laughs> gifted. <laughs> so, in different ways. Yeah. Yes. Nice. So we so we, we did that. Mm. And you carried on going to Bedford Baptist? Yeah, yes. It was a, um was at Bedford Baptist and uh, in ninth so and they gave me uh, I think the second year when I was in Bible college, I think in 1986, they started to give me some support. They started to support us $50 a week. Stipends. Which in those days went was helpful. Half a field tank. Yes, probably, or more. Yeah. Uh, back in those days, it might have been two fuel tanks. Yeah, 30 cents a litre. <laughs> 35 cents a litre. Um, and, so, and then in 1987... I became a part-time youth pastor there, so yeah. paid a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, then we moved from there in the beginning of 1988, and that was part of – I wanted to – we wanted to stay, uh, but God made it very clear and we got an invitation to go to Catanning Baptist Church oh, nice. as the youth pastor. Mm -hmm. um, and there was another que there was a question mark because I hadn't finished my studies and I didn't know how I would go studying because I was going to be doing it by distance. And in those yeah. days, in those days, it's cassette tapes. You yeah. listen to cassette tapes, which some people don't know what those things are. Anymore. Or just books. You books, cassette tapes, things yeah. like that. So, by God's grace, got through that, mm -hmm. finished my degree, uh, degree uh, got ordained in the Baptist churches in 1990. And uh, became senior pastor of Catanning Baptist. Baptist Church in 1990 as well, because the previous senior pastor left, went to another Baptist church, and they 
gave me the gig, nice. so to speak. So I was, and I did that for two years, and was plan, we were planning to stay there a long period of time, and um, got an invite to go to Lakeside Baptist Church, which I declined twice, and then I felt like God spoke to, to me. To move up here at Lakeside. To move up here, Lakeside Baptist Church in, in North Lake. Okay. And again, that was to become an associate pastor and, and to do the youth in that church. Nice. Um, which apparently is a backward career move <laughs> to go from a senior pastor, pastor to an associate pastor. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I said no twice, not because it wasn't a career move, but because I just was felt like the Lord had said to stay in Catanning. But then Julie and I both woke up one morning, kind of looked at each other and went, I think we're supposed to move. How many years were you in Catanning? Four years. Any of the children born there? Uh, our first one was uh, just before we left for Katanning, and our, and our second son was born while we were in Katanning. Right. Yes. Yep. So you got two boys? Two boys, yes. Oh. Hmm. And we stopped after that. Uh, and the, the main reason we, we stopped was because uh, pregnancy was difficult for Julie, mm -hmm. and I figured it was better to be raising children with, with the mother than with, without them. Yes. <laughs> like yeah. you. Yeah. So you moved uh, back to Perth. Uh, That's right. Mm. At Lakeside as a, an executive pastor, associate pastor. We call it associate pastor, yeah. So, and then was there for four years. Mm -hmm. mm. And then... Did you like being back in town for, uh, from, from a beautiful country place? Life was yeah, we did. Katani, we, it was it? good in Katani. Yeah. yeah. We loved the farming community. Yeah. We loved that we got to really... Uh, we approached it as like a cross-cultural situation. Yeah. So when I first went there, because There's I was like, because uh, I don't know there. how, I don't know. Like I knew urban culture, yeah, but rural culture I didn't know. So There's I a took strong the approach. Four square church there as well, isn't there? There is a strong four square church. Yeah. yeah. There was a, actually did, good did you ever ministers meet return. Bob Chapman. No, I did not. Don't he pastored that church for a while. Right. Okay. And yeah, look, he was my spiritual dad. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Is Peter Wright? Or Peter White uh, at the moment in Katani, in Katani Baptist? I don't know who's there. Okay, because he was I'm with us in church as well. Yes, I know. And he went to Pastor Baptist Church. Yeah. So where did you go from North Lake? So, Lakeside. Uh, there's a whole story of how um, God created a situation where we knew we couldn't stay. Yes. And we didn't know where we were going to go. Um, and we b began to explore what God had for us. And the, we came to the conclusion that uh, I, wanted to, I should go and do some more studies, some postgraduate studies, and began to look at some different options about that. And my choices were either to... Uh, so part of the conversation, Nathaniel, was about developing leaders, such a key role for a pastor. Yes. And although I'd done several sort of short-term courses and things, I felt ill-equipped yeah. to really do that. So I felt like that was, that was going to be an important thing to learn. How do you develop leaders? What kind of things do you need to have in place around you? Mm-hmm. So I was either going to do leadership development or preaching. So I began to look and talk to people about options in those regards. Yes. And um, so it came down to 
going, making the choice to go to Fuller Seminary in Los Angeles, California, mm -hmm. and to study in there what was then called the School of World Mission under a gentleman by the name of J.R. Clinton, Rob, Bobby Clinton, yep. who had written a truckload of material on how to develop leaders. That, and he taught us to read the Bible with leadership development eyes. That's what he called it. So Look and see what goes. So there's a whole process in terms of that because that's very expensive to go and study and in America. And it's Pentecostal, wasn't it? Uh, Peter well, had Peter Wagner in the School of World Mission. It's a very diverse community. Yeah. I know Peter Wagner yeah. personally. Right. I was part of his coalition in New York. Oh, okay. Right, okay. Well, I did do some classes with Peter. Yeah. Um, uh, but my primary. So the, the process of that, Nathaniel, was having this, this strong sense of call. Yes. Both Julie and I, and God spoke to us from separate parts of Scripture the same thing about from the story of Abraham, but we're reading it totally independent of each other, this, this thing of leave your family and go to the country I'm telling you to go to. Wow. And so that was the journey of, of doing that. And, okay, God, you're saying to do this, this is going to cost, we, we did the math on this, this is going to cost, cost an enormous, enormous amount of money to take a whole family yeah. from here over there for a couple of years for a couple of years to do all this and it was like god we're sure you're going to provide for this we're sure that someone will walk up to us on a sunday i'm sure this is not my <laughs> wife but <laughs> she lives <as> a missionary <laughs> i'm sure that god is going to visit us yeah with a check yeah and provide for us and we will say praise the lord yeah and give glory to god look what god has done he has done this amazing thing and he's provided everything we needed. He didn't do that. No. <laughs> he invited us into the parable of the pearl of great price. Are you willing to sell everything you have to gain what I have for you? Not to gain salvation. It's not gaining salvation. Yeah. But it's this thing of you willing to go on this journey of selling everything. And so we said yes. And we literally sold almost everything we had. We'd, we'd had been able to buy a house. We sold our house. We took that money. We put it in a sold car. We sold furniture. We sold clothes. We sold everything to fund all this. And we had just enough money in the bank the to flight. show the thing, to give us the visa to go to be a study. With, and I was the student visa and three dependents, mm. all dependent on me. Uh, and we're like, okay, here we go, off on this big adventure. Hmm. California, here we come. California, here we come. So, yep, lived in a two-bedroom apartment in an apartment block of about 12 apartments that Fuller rented. <laughs> so our sons played with kids from several countries around the world. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, so loved the experience. They ended up going to a, a school there. We... And unbeknownst to us, we went and talked to a couple of different Christian schools. When we went there, we were convinced we should not put them into the local school, but we should look for a Christian school for them. Unbeknown to us, the, one of the schools that we went to have a conversation with the principal about putting our kids in, his music teacher 
had suddenly resigned I and he was looking school. for a music teacher. Okay. So as he was, we didn't know this, but as, as we were interviewing him and working out how this was, he was interviewing us, more particularly my Just wife. For the, for the role, for the teaching role. <laughs> the, so, um, and, and they offered her that job and they offered to sponsor her for a change of visa status. Yes. But they knew that, but anyway, so as immigration lawyer and things and the immigration lawyer said, we shouldn't oh, do geez. that. You've just arrived in the country. You shouldn't do that straight away. You should need to wait a wait, little bit. Yeah. So what they did was they kind of credited her back pay. with with subsidising our boys' fees and things like that. Yeah. So just one miracle after another. And the lady who worked in the office at that school uh, was wonderfully helpful to us um, because we arrived in an unfurnished to move into an unfurnished apartment. Yeah, uh, I did have. We did know someone who was at Fuller at the time. Yeah, and he had salvaged some box springs, mattress box springs, off Verge pickup. Yeah, <laughs> so that we had <laughs> two for the boys and and one for us. Wow. Um, and there was a few other knickknacks. And this lady. Um, uh, she had she had a relative who had recently died and she said, why don't you come over to the house because we need to sell all these things. Take whatever you need. And take whatever you need. Yeah. And we took, so God provided amazing. So God, so that's, so the whole journey of, of trusting in God's provision and trusting him step by step Beautiful. and seeing him provide, that's become part of our family history in God. Yeah. Uh, my wife already had it as a missionary trip sure. of seeing God's provision for them as a family, but then it's become part of our family story and our son's family story and having a list of these are our needs, Father. Please, do you help us in these things? And even things like praying for friends yeah. as well when you're moving to another country and when you're moving back, praying for friends and praying for schools and seeing God open doors yeah. in all these different ways. And Daniel was like, it's, so we've got this whole history in God of God's faithful provision and being able to trust God when the numbers don't add up, the odds are stacked against you and going, well, we don't know how you're going to do this, Lord, but we trust you. Yeah, mm. beautiful. So that was, that's part of that story. Mm. And when you came back? We came back. You could have stayed there. With, were there any offers for you to stay there? Uh, well, the, there there was yes, but God made it clear to come back. Sure, uh, which at the time I was not happy with. No, when I left, I was happy to go anywhere in the world, but come back here hmm. because you were so infused with the mission outlook, <laughs> and I was also in pain from ministry, oh, okay. where people had hurt me. Yeah, 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 and uh, so. There was a process, being at Fuller was a healing process and yeah. a restoration process. And yeah. it's like, okay, God, I'm actually willing to go anywhere. It's like, good, well, I want you to go back. <laughs> and while we'd been there, we'd been praying. So if I backtrack a little bit, sorry. But so when I was at Lakeside, and it was my first experience living south of the river and so close to Fremantle. And yes. so we would regularly go into Fremantle and enjoy coffee, nice. cappuccino strips. Like, hey, this is, and then we're like, hey, 
someone needs to plant a real good church in here. Of course. There ne- there's a need for real strong churches, like there's mainstream churches here, but there needs to be more. We need more churches in Fremantle. And that became something that we prayed about. And when we are in America, we were praying constantly for this and praying, God, raise up, raise up a church. Yeah. And when he said to come back here, and we said, what are we going to do? He said, just go back. I'll show you when you get there. It's like, thank you, Lord. No, this is not, I prefer more details. Give me some, but, some uh, months. I, but, and this is part of God training me. Trust me. Yeah. And, and I describe it like this, as imagine that you uh, have to cross a stream or a river that's quite broad, and you can, but it's shrouded in mist or fog. Yes. And all you can see is that there's one rock to step on. And you think there'll be oh, another one. You kind of—it looks like it's probably going to be that, but you can only see one at a time. And when you step on that one, well, then you can see the next one, and yeah. then you take that step, and then you can see the next step. And that has been how God has led me. Yeah. All these years, I've asked Him for plans. I've asked Him for blueprints. I've asked Him for five-year, ten-year programs and plans, God. And He's yeah. said, "Wayne, well, you just need to learn to trust me." Yeah. And so that's been the journey. So the journey was come back here and I'll show you when you get back here. When we came back here, uh, he quickly confirmed within a couple of weeks, you are to be the answer to this prayer for a church in Fremantle. Mm. So uh, we stepped into that. We said yes to that. Okay, God. And um, we made, uh, we went and talked to um, the the person that was in charge of the Baptist churches at WA about whether, because that was where we'd come from. We sure. went back to him. We had this conversation because I'm still an accredited Baptist pastor. And it's like, this is what we want to do. But having just studied leadership from a biblical perspective, I don't believe congregational government is the way a congregation should be governed. Yes. I think there's helpful things in that model, but it's not how I think it should happen. And at that point, the the person who was the general superintendent of the Baptist churches said, look, um, to be a Baptist church, you need to be congregationally governed. And so if that's not your model, that's not your model, uh, we bless you and release you to just go and do what God has called you to do, but you won't be a Baptist church. Um, and so that's that's what happened. And so, so we start in your life fresh. Start a new life fresh. Yeah, we just, there was a few people that had been tracking with our journey in America. And when we came back, they said, you know, what are you going to do? And so we had a few few families jump in with us at the beginning. And we just started meeting in someone's lounge room and praying and saying, God, if this is it, it, you have to, you have to do this because we got no money. We had no money. Yeah. (laughs) We had, yeah. Just off the, fresh off school, with we had no, yeah, we had no, we had no money, no denominational backing, yeah, and again, no, no one coming. We knocked on a few doors to ask for some help, um, and people's and senior pastors that I knew said we will pray for you, of course, uh, but they did not offer any resources. But we won't pay for you. <laughs> So, and again, that's like, that's okay. That was God, that's what God wants because 
God wanted it to be very clear he's in this. Yeah. And so now 25 years later, he's still in this mm. and still doing it and still making what looks impossible possible. And the phrase that I began to speak about, even in those early days, Nathaniel, was um, I want this to be that, the, that when people look at what's happening in this church, that it can't be explained away yeah. except for God. Yeah. God's at work here. There's some, God's doing something. Yep, they're good people and whatever, and they got, but there's more going on here than just what they can produce yeah. in themselves. The only explanation is God. Yeah. And I believe that's part of our testimony and story that the only explanation is God because we have lived, he has kept New Life Church alive when other churches have come into Fremantle and not lived. Mm. Very Sadly, apparently. This, yeah, probably yes. one of the darkest places in our city. It, yes, it is. That the Northridge. Yes, you can't, you can't compromise any form of idolatry or no. mixture no. in Fremantle. You get eaten alive. Yeah. You have to be wholehearted um, in every sense of that word. Uh, and you've yeah. taken your children on this amazing journey. They are serving with you, they are. your wife, and they're loving it. And now one of them is married, is it? Or about to be Both married? of them are married. Oh, both of them are married. Yes. Uh, and we you love this. We have a grandchild. We have four grandchildren. Oh, wow. And, uh, so, and both our sons and their wives and their children are serving with us in the church. One of them is full-time yes. as our children's and youth pastor. Yeah, um, and the other son has he runs his own consultancy business, mm -hmm. but he and his wife are leading our young adults group. Beautiful. and he's also very involved. He's a he's a brilliant guy with numbers, and he's also the treasurer of our school. Fantastic. College. So yes. So you have a college. We have a school. Yes. So we we have a church, a college, and a charity. And the college, what does the college do? The college is a is Fremantle Christian College and yes. it's from kindergarten to year twelve now. Wow. So and we've had that school for twenty years. When we How many kids? Uh, now it's just under five hundred. Whoa. It's ten times bigger than when we got it. Yeah. So yeah, that's a whole other story. I don't know yeah, if you yeah. want to start no, 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 that no, no. story. I, I hear. Wow, so you run that organization? Yes, we have a uh, we have principal and staff and yeah, all yeah, that. Of course. Stuff. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, I know. yeah. That's amazing. So, and you lease the premises from, uh, or you bought those premises? Uh, this, the land that the school is on is owned by the church. Oh, wow. Uh, yes. And that's another part of. Another miracle. The only, yes. What a vision. <laughs> that's amazing. That's absolutely amazing. So, and that's what I mean about the only explanation is God. When you look, you look at this and, yeah, a, a school that um, was close to death when it was handed to us yeah, and many times had opportunity to die. <laughs> Opportunities to die. <laughs> Nicely put. <laughs> And and, and uh, we prayed, Julie and I praying, and it's like, God, if this school, it's up to you, God, whether this, 
we we got no resource to make this live. Yeah. You have to breathe on it. And God has breathed on it. Wow. Mm. And now it's, yeah, so it was originally primary school when we got it. And now it has high school. And now it's all the way up to year 12 Fantastic. with just under 500 students and more coming. Wow. Mm. Yes. Well, I'm, I'm even afraid to ask, what's next? <laughs> I'm excited, you know, like that fear of anticipation. Oh, we don't know. No. Uh, what would you like to be remembered as? I mean, obviously you have a beautiful legacy for your children and grandkids, but what what's the unfinished business in that legacy? The, um, good, very good question. When I was at Fuller, we uh, our leadership professor had a something do an exercise called a tombstone exercise, which is what, which is kind of what you're saying. And it's mm. like, what would you want written on your tombstone? Yeah. Um, and I purposed back then that the thing that I would want written on my tombstone was that uh, he loved God and he loved people. Mm. The great commandments. Yes. That that would be what I would be, I'd be known for. Yeah. Like that. That would. That to me would would be. Fully satisfying that that people would say that. More particularly, the people that knew me best. Sure. My wife and my children mm. would say he loved. He loved God wholeheartedly. And he loved us. That's beautiful. And that's been my pursuit, and it still is my pursuit now, for my my grandchildren as well, that they would know. Those two things, yeah, and that that would, and that they would know the love of God as well for themselves. But those two things, yeah. Well, so let me say this: I see you embodying this in a beautiful way. So, as I said, I I wanted to meet you, and I feel absolutely privileged to have shared this moment with you because I think it's beautiful. You've Thank taught you me a lot of things. Me. You've taught me how to trust, you've taught me how to venture into the unknown, even if there's only one step that you can see. Mm. Uh, I've learned that you attract things your way when you are in the assignment. You know, mm. God hands over more and more responsibilities. Yes, he does. And I love the mm. way that you've um, included your children Many pastors do lose their kids exactly. along the path. Mm. But you, in a sovereign way, carried on the good fight and have managed to keep them and inspire them mm. to follow in your footsteps and hopefully their children will do the same mm. and the generations that will come exactly. after them mm. will carry on the good. Yes, there's a generational blessing. So and. Just so that we're all clear here, this would not be possible in any way without my wife. Of course. <laughs> so just to be yeah. like, I wouldn't be the man I am today without her. Yeah. Uh, my sons would not be the men that they are without her yeah. as well. And this, so it's been this ministry partnership. Yeah. That we we've carried as husband and wife, um, and 
to put it in a different way, Natanya, was when we uh, – I've always sought to create opportunities for her to use her gifts sure. to who God has created her to be. And when we started New Life Church, uh, we did not start it as a pastor and his wife. No. Um, like I said, we had no money. Uh, so it's not like two for one. Yeah. Uh, at, so she serves full time as yes. a pastor, but in completely in her own right. Yes, as a it, function. Yes. Uh, as a full time staff. Member. Yeah, with with yeah. a mantle, with her with own the, mantle. Not, yes. Not under your mantle. Yeah. Yeah. So it's very much so this partnership thing, and yes, involving the boys as they were growing up. That this is this is a ministry we are doing together. Sure. Uh, yes. You, when you were just saying that back to me, I was like, yes, that was what we were doing. We were intentional about yeah. involving our boys yeah. in the ministry yeah. as, they, as they were growing up in age appropriate. Yeah. yeah. Mm. That's beautiful. Mm. And you didn't, <clears throat> you know, shelter them away from the challenges and the tensions. I mean, being in Fremantle, you can't. You know, no, they, they would have seen the drunkards, the drugs, the addicts, yes. everything. You yes. can't. It's like us here. You know, mm. they see them breaking cars. They see them yelling on the street. They see them. You know. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it, mm. to some people, it's mm. like, why are you exposing your kids to this? But to us, we know that you know they're learning, they're maturing, they're growing, mm -hmm. and it's a great opportunity for us to instruct them when yes. they see that, so they're not afraid of people in yeah. any situation, in a yeah. sense. Mm. Which is beautiful, and that, and that they have a confident hope in God. Yeah, that God can do what God said He would do. Yeah, He can heal people, deliver people, save people. Yeah, yeah, and He can protect people. Wonderful. Mm. Thank you so much. Really, really appreciate Thank you, it. Thank you, Yeah. Well, uh, I thoroughly enjoy this, and I hope you have as well. And um, you can see and hear more of Wayne Hollett online and you can visit New Life Church in South Fremantle on Rockingham Road. And if you're in the area, you can also send your kids to the, to the school there as well. Yes. Um, watch mm. this space because you're going to hear of this name a lot more. Do share this content, whatever you're consuming it, with other people on your social media and bless many, many other people to build legacies just like Wayne did as well. Uh, with his family here in Perth. We bless you, we love you, and we hope to see you again next week at Kingdom Stories from Down Under. I am Nathaniel Costia. Thank you for joining us on Kingdom Stories from Down Under. We'd love it if you would subscribe, rate, and share these stories with your wider community. And remember, every story is worth sharing, including yours.